Aligned to the Light is a podcast sponsored by the Universal Hager Spiritual Church Association. The views and opinions expressed by each individual speaker do not necessarily reflect the beliefs and opinions of the Universal Hager Spiritual Church Association. As we are all spiritual beings having a human experience, this podcast embraces and discusses how to grow and develop the understanding of who we truly are. Welcome back to Align to the Light for part two of 1920-2020, What's Changed? with KB, Rev G, and Double H. If you missed part one, make sure you go back and check it out. Thanks. You know, again, I think that 1920 push, when we reflect back on it, it was all about voting. Oh, if we can we can give people, if we give women the right to vote, they're good. But women were still saying, well, you can vote, but still go back home right now. You can work, but don't make as much as your husband. You can do certain things, but don't try to open some businesses. And now, you know, which is kind of interesting, when you look at some of the side impacts of COVID, it's been just that. How have women had to, unfortunately, you know, take different burdens because if they uh, primarily were the nurturing portion or helping kids with homework, that might have meant that they could not still go back out to work um, and said, okay, well, hey, instead of instead of performing my normal daily duties, I may have to be with my kids doing setting up Zoom meetings and setting up Google Classroom and making sure they get their homework completed. Um, and so that has, I think, changed the narrative till now companies are talking about, hmm, do we really need everybody to come back to the office? Mm-hmm. Right? Or can we start having more people work remotely? And, you know, I give I give credit, you know, to a lot of uh, my females uh, supporters and um, uh, co- you know, workers and employees who have said, listen, we have been unfairly penalized because the folks have been like, you have, to be in, you have to be in the office to do certain things. Well, I think people have proven now, both people who traveled a lot, um, you know, um, people who have had um, health issues that prevented them from maybe going to certain places and, and other people who just said, I'm not going. I'm staying here at my house and I'll do whatever I need to do to work from here. It's changed the narrative, right? So you have large companies like uh, Twitter and Facebook saying, yeah, we'll open back offices up, but we're going to leave it up to employees if they come back, right? They, they may not come back. And, you know, large companies are looking like, hey, if we've been able to stay profitable in this pandemic with less overhead, and, you know, um, people doing things, well, maybe we can do it. Now, that doesn't apply to the entire market, right? Because those who are in show business, entertainment, and those who are uh, in travel, airlines, and, and cruises, they need people there, right? You, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't fly a plane virtually. <laughs> so, uh, in to those live, cases. A couple more years. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know. <laughs> Um, Unmanned but, vehicles. No. Yeah, uh, look now, that, that's a whole nother topic. Because yeah, I mean, we'll we can certainly hit on that part. Um, if we just talk about the whole economic movement of boom, 1920s, the big thing was Ford and others about automation and cars. Right, cars are like, ooh, you have a car going from horse and buggy. You look at 2020. What has been the biggest rise in terms of vehicle discussion? The EV market and electric vehicles, charging stations, 
Mm, can we have hydrogen vehicles? Can we have unmanned vehicles, right? Tesla and others are now, I mean, they've already have systems in place and they're now just starting to push that envelope to say, we can let you, you know, we can, you can take your hands off the steering wheel for four or five minutes. We can, um, we can allow you to automate yourself driving while you're uh, driving on the highway, but we can, we're, not, you will, we're not willing to do that in street driving yet for mass market. But don't be surprised, right, if 2021 and future years look like automated taxis, right? People, don't, people may or may not be aware, Tesla has already have models out, I think, in New York City and others of being taxi cabs and looking at some options of self-driving vehicles that way. So, you know, I said, it's, it, it could be, and I'll be honest, I will be the first one in line to get a self-driving vehicle because driving is something, as much as I do, it is annoying to me, right? So if you could get in a car and punch in your destination and take a nap, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll wait till you test the technology out, and then I'll jump on the bandwagon. I'll just let you uh, work out the kinks for me. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, you're saying that, but that's something I'm actually willing and waiting for because I'm the one that can't drive anymore. So that would bring about a certain amount of freedom back to me if I could go and just get in the vehicle mm-hmm. and tell it where I want, when I want to go, and and just go and just sit there. So I can't wait for the fully autonomous vehicles to come out. After they're tested properly, of course, and I don't need to be a guinea pig, you know. <laughs> and, you know, even another instance of, I'll say, uh, where I know where they're using drones um, to start to deliver uh, medication. So in, instead of, you know, waiting for a delivery driver or waiting the next day if you need an emergency prescription filled, uh, I know there was a program that was looking at being able to use drones to actually go to Rite Aid or Walmart, Walgreens, whatever your local drugstore is, pick it up and, and have it to you in a half hour or so. So um, just those types of things. But with all of that automation, so we had automation uh, in, in the form of the Ford company. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they were the, the ones that really started that automation process with the, with the car back around the 1920s. And you had a fear of people because, you know, people – had these jobs. They were in the factories. I mean, we still have folks in the factories, but a lot of those things have been taken over by machines. And so you had a lot of people that were fearful of losing their jobs. Even now, when you think about going into the supermarket, especially during pandemic, I've noticed every major store that I have gone and has changed and put a whole lot more of your self-checkout. So, you know, what, what does that do to the workforce and just with eliminating those jobs, I mean, I personally, I think as we progress as as people and as we progress with technological advances that, yes, some of these jobs may be taken over by machines. You think about the tolls on the um, the highways now. Uh, most of those are don't have a person in there. Some do, but some if you if there's not a person there, it will just bill you. But uh, I would say that as we progress more jobs become available. For example, there may not be as many workers in that plant, but you have a need for the people that service the machine, build the machines. You have a need for people to design those machines. So I would say more jobs are are available. Only thing that I can see with that is that you have to be skilled 
in order to move up with the jobs that are coming to replace these things. So looking forward to you guys' feedback. Yeah, you, you made some great points. Um, But before we go on, I must give a one-up to Shirley Chisholm, who is definitely one of the ones that was brave enough. She was our first Black congresswoman and the first Black woman to run for president of the United States. So I, I, you know, we'd be, you know, with the women getting the right, and we were speaking about that, it'd be remiss for us not to mention her and our, our, our cast. But let's go back to this automation and artificial intelligence becoming so much <laughs> more intelligent, so to speak. The robots are building themselves. The robots are designing themselves because they're trying, they're, they're seeing what flaws they have, and they say, okay, we're going to fix that. So it's all computerized. So the computer saying, okay, this needs to be fixed, and it sends out a message to this machine, and that machine goes and implements that, or sometimes it's just a software update that they push out to whatever robotic technology that they have. So it's something that we have to really look at because uh, it is going to be more and more out there. Sometimes you watch these, some of these movies as they come out and different ones that have been out over time. But my thing is if they have enough smarts or enough information to put it in a movie, that means it's being developed or it has been developed somewhere for the most part, or it's on the way to. Um, yeah, so definitely don't, I don't want to scare people, but I think, right, let's, <laughs> um, I think let's, let's be honest, right? So with every technological, technological advance, that's a shift in the workforce, right? And so right. look at the 1920 looking now, right? So you talk about automation. The 1920s, right? Before, before they had mass factories, cars were being built individually, right? And so you had a huge number of workforces to just put together one car, two cars, you know, five cars a week, right? Because it was like, oh, that's a big deal. Um, and then, um, you know, you started having automation, primarily by the Ford, but other, but others as well, and that started moving the needle, um, but it also changed the dynamic, right? So people had to be willing to work in factories from agricultural areas to say, okay, hey, I'm now, instead of just planting crops, I need you to now look at working factories. And, and that took a transition timing. And I think we look at the, the 2020s now, there is a huge movement, and I know it's going to certainly rub some feathers the wrong way, around what will be the need for college education versus technical certificates and technical training and vocational training to look at what's going to be supporting the best economies and jobs of the future, right? So here's the conversation around, do I get Java certified? Do I get C++ certified? Do I get Python certified? Do I get all these sales, uh, CRM and Salesforce certified to support, you know, the next wave of computer programming, right? Because that's where, as, as KB hit on it, extremely spot on, that's where the advancement is, right? Every year, people may I'm listening, man, man, I know this. Every year, thousands of H1 visas go out to uh, people overseas to say, I need you to help us fill these positions for programmers um, or for coders, things like that. While some of our own brothers and sisters who may be in underdeveloped areas or, or uh, may not may not be aware of the value of coding and programming. They don't see that, so they don't know. So they're still trying to follow traditional roles and traditional methods of going to school and getting degrees, which work, but they may not be in the right uh, advancement of where technology is going, right? And so again, that's that same dynamic, 1920s to 
people are still some people are still focusing on agriculture and and don't be wrong we still need our farmers but the move was was quickly moving to the industrial revolution right so people had to look at the education system instead of just focusing on agriculture man maybe we need to start talking about industrial engineering and logistics and moving things around and learning about um you know the first versions of robotics and now we're here in 2020 you have that same concept, something that's probably most people can relate to as we get towards the holiday season. There's a reason why most people can't get whatever the newest Jordan is out now, right? Or the newest PS5. People may not know that's because people have bots that they have programmed such that anytime a new delivery or order comes out at your Target, your Walmart, your, um, your Best Buy, the bot alerts someone that person buys it for them and so when people who don't have these bots or aren't at least familiar with it they go to the store and said hey i'm here for jordan number such and such now nah, we sold out how, wait wait how you sell out you just no nah, we sold out already right and so again it's that this idea of technology has put to the point where people are using those who are aware of it and are using it are using it to their advantage. So they buy the Jordan, they buy the PS5, they buy the whatever the, you know, the new game system is, and they resell it on eBay for right two or three X. And so what can we do now? We, we got to become more aware. Like, okay, so how do bots work? Let me learn about that. And, you know, I, I've um, seen many of the major influencers talk about if you were to have your children do anything now, as silly as it may sound, is to sign up kids to become, learn about coding, right? Because the jobs of tomorrow are going to be in coding and supporting robotics and reporting technology because, you know, if we're constantly looking at space for the public, right, not just for astronauts, but the public going into space, okay, well, who's going to code those lines to make sure that happens? And if we're going to have autonomous driving, who's going to code that? So, And that's so true. We have to stay up, as they say, stay up with the times and we have to keep on moving and build on those foundations. And that's what we have to do in all aspects of our lives and our training and go, going from 2020 to here and going forward. You know, we have to know and understand that there's going to be some type of development because we are developing, you know, but how do we do this? Well, we spoke about the socioeconomic aspect to a certain degree and it made a slight comparison, but in 2020, what can we do in order to be that influencer or to be that, that person that helps to bring out the need, so to speak, so that we could build on the foundations that we had and grow as a community so we could get in line with ourselves, as we were speaking about in one of our previous episodes, with, with our community, so we could build, so we can grow economically as well as through technology. You know, I got into technology and I was self-studied in a lot of it. I taught myself how to work computers. I taught myself how to build computers. Because I was so I was interested in it and I wanted to know about it more and more. So what can we do to encourage different ones to have that STEM program out there for our children in our communities, which is important, you know, that they learn that science, technology, that math and that engineering. Maybe I'll so let you start. Sure, you're, you're, you're an engineer. Hit him. Sure that Double H is currently thinking of our next challenge. <laughs> That has something to do with influencers <laughs> and how we can uh, play that role. But <laughs> what can we do to be that influencer? I mean, 
Uh, with me, I, I was always one of those uh, kids and now adults that was always impressed by the example. And, and I would have to say leading by example. Um, you never stop learning. There's always, there's so many, there's tons, tons and tons and tons. And this goes to um, the education piece, tons of, of free online courses that are available. I mean, I think MIT has, has a lot of stuff as, as well as some other uh, universities about how you can learn, even if it's just learning about electricity. But, you know, to, to be that influencer, I, I think you have to, you got to do some work. You have to lead by example, you know, in, in this day and age, you got to think, okay, what, what am I interested in that will be a benefit to myself moving forward? As Double H mentioned, you know, even learning coding, no matter what age you are, because, you know, there, there's coding behind all of these apps. You know, we constantly, I download, I don't even know how many apps, and we download them, we erase them, we download, oh, you, you find this app, you download it, you might erase it the next day. But all of that, there's coding behind all of that. So, hey, go take a class on, on coding and, and try to impress that upon, you know, some of these teenagers, preteens that have a lot of time on their hands. This seems to be this whole big thing with Roblox now. Mm -hmm that uh, everybody is on but just even explaining to to the kids that hey there's like what do you think goes goes into making this game you know what what are the different aspects are there anything is there anything that would interest you um and like in, in the behind the scenes aspects that you might want to do or you can see yourself doing for a career um, it's never too kind of, too early to, to start those conversations so yeah, I mean, here's here's my challenge for the week, right? And I'm probably make two of them. So challenge number one, I ask our listeners to go look up Coursera, and I think it's Coursera.com, but or Coursera.edu, but look into that. And it's I don't want to give it away, but look into that, and I think you will be surprised about what you can take advantage of that speaks directly to. Hey, how can we? What can we do to get more involved with STEM? As well as I think you know, depending on your location, a lot of um, a lot of programs now uh, and a lot of school systems now are partnering with Google's, Microsoft, um, Facebook, larger universities like Temple and um, Rutgers and, and Harvard and others to create feeder programs for elementary and high schoolers to STEM programs, right? So if you're a parent, um, it may take, you know, may have to do a little digging or checking online, but there are some opportunities out there for people to get a pathway right into those programs, right? Because I mentioned if every year they're, they're reaching out for 100 and 200,000 H1 visas to people from, you know, overseas to literally come here on a work visa or a travel visa, start on a work visa to work here for a year to year and then hopefully become a citizen, that means the opportunity exists. And every year it's that way. Every year Apple's doing that. Every year Facebook is. Every year Twitter is. You know, they're they're constantly pushing. And it was actually a big part of when the administration was putting in place these um, travel um, restrictions and restrictions on just limiting the amount of H-1 visas, those companies got all in arms around that. So instead of us missing the message and getting caught in the hype machine around what is Trump doing now? Well, okay. Look beyond that, right? Okay. What's, what's really happening? What's, what's going on? What's driving 
the mark what's driving tim cook to who's normally not in politics say hey we need to deal with this okay so if it's about h1b was okay let me see what's h1b is looking at oh okay jobs Ooh, okay i have a cousin i have a, a nephew i have a niece that's looking for a job hey as kb said you you over here playing with roblox let me go see if there's a Roblox class, right? If there's something to learn about coding or something like because if that, if they can learn that, hmm, that means they could be available for the next, instead of looking for H1 visa, they can say, hey, I am from Harlem. I'm from Detroit. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I'm from Los Angeles. And I have the certification. You know, is there an opportunity for me here? So yeah, I think that's that's one I would certainly recommend. The other part that I think, you know, you we've been dancing all around, and uh, I think it's just I think extremely important. I want to hit before we close. Right, is nineteen twenty to twenty twenty this discussion around what's legal and what's not legal, <laughs> right? So. I think this is I think this is gonna be fitting before we close out just because people are all doing it or talking about it, but nobody really wants to bring it to the forefront. So nineteen twenty. Before we get to that, you know, I don't want to go have to go back, yeah. but before you get to that, I just want to make a statement to something that you were saying just now. We've come a long way in theory from separate mm-hmm. but equal, because that's the way the educational system used to be. Now in theory we could get those same things, but I noticed I said in theory, there's a reason why they go out there and ask for all of those visas for people to come in, because a lot of the companies, unfortunately, would rather have people from other places do the work. We had this thing that our our brother told me a long time ago, and this was about spiritual things. He was saying, he said, a prophet is never recognized in his own country. So that's saying that if you come from somewhere else, you're going to have more knowledge and information than the person that's from here. When I first moved to, to the South, to Georgia from New York, I had become a hot item because I wasn't from Georgia. So they wanted me to do the work instead of hiring someone that might have had the same qualifications from Georgia. They wanted to hire me because I wasn't mm-hmm. from Georgia. The mindset of corporate America is a little bit different. And we have to be able to know and understand how that works as well. But that's a whole nother subject for a couple of episodes later. No, that's I mean, that's that's, uh, I think, a a very valid point. And I um, what I will say is be aware of where the lines are going. Right. So if you're aligning Mm -hmm. to the light and you see the line is people are interested in non-residents, whether it's from the state or from the country or the city you're in or the county you're in to be the individual signal positions then expand your horizons. If you're in Detroit, let's see what's going on in Columbus or let's see what's happening in Flint, right? Or if I'm in Harlem, let's see what's happening in Poughkeepsie. Let's see what's happening in, you know, Hartford, Connecticut, right? And, and, and especially as, as we move more and more virtual, we can start looking at what the heck, what the heck's happening in, in Dallas, Texas, right? Cause I can work remotely. But anyway, I, you know, I, you, excellent point. And I know this is going to be a, a touchy subject, but I'm going to hit it anyway, because I like I like pushing the envelope. So let's do it. Right. So what was illegal in 1920s? Prohibition. There you go. Prohibition. And so what many people don't know was 
basically from the 19, I want to say it was 1920s to like, uh, I can't remember exactly, but I want to say about 10 to 15 year window, right? Where alcohol was illegal. And what people may or may not know, right? So some of our younger listeners who may not be history buffs are like, yeah, we heard about that. What they may not know is what happened was the alcohol sales actually increased because more went underground. And so you hear the, you know, if if anybody ever heard, seen the HBO special Boardwalk Empire and others, it was around this concept of underground businesses moved alcohol. And, right, many of those in the administration were all about, well, we're going to call it illegal, but we're still going to get the funds from it, right? And so here we have 2020, and I think it is a huge, um, I'm not going to say it's a hot button, but it's a huge discussion, right? What is going to happen with marijuana? Join us next week for part three as we continue the discussion. Thanks for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. Please send your questions, comments, and suggestions via email to aligntolight at uhsca.org. That's A-L-I-N-E, the number two, L-I-G-H-T at uhsca.org. Thank you.